This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 194. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Irving, here with you for another great episode of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. This podcast is for local business owners who want to know what's working with marketing. We're going to talk to local pizzeria owners, local restaurant owners. But no matter what business you're in, if you're a local business, you can listen to this podcast. Take something away from the conversations that we have to go use in your business. We do that with the podcast here that you're listening to right now, our live show over on Facebook, our website, smartpizzamarketing.com, our mastermind group, and we also do it for you in our digital agency. You can go find all of that over at smartpizzamarketing.com. I'm excited for my guest today. This is an unusual show. Not that it's unusual, actually. It's pretty usual. It's kind of the same thing we talk about in every podcast episode, but my guest today is not a pizzeria owner. They actually own a local gas station. Now, hear me out before you're like, what the heck, Bruce, a local gas station? The reason I wanted to do this podcast episode is because my guest, Babir, who owns Fave Trip, uh, a, a local gas station slash, I don't want to say fat, it's kind of like a local gas station slash fast, fast food place, maybe, I want to say. It's hard to describe. But the reason that I asked him to join me on the podcast today was because I actually had a conversation with him before we did this episode and he's doing some pretty unique stuff and I feel like we're in the restaurant business we have an opportunity to show some amazing things on social media or in our marketing materials and we overlook those and we make it way more complicated than it is. I was talking to Babir who is the guest today and He's doing some pretty cool things with social media. He's growing his following on Facebook and Instagram, and he's in a super boring category, a gas station. Like, who wants to know information from a gas station? Uh, And he's found a way to make it interesting and be part of his community and show things on social that will maybe make you look at it a little bit differently and open your eyes a little bit to what is available to you in your restaurant and in your local community. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode today, and that's why... I decided to have him on, even though he doesn't own a restaurant or pizzeria. Kind of does, but not really. So that's the podcast episode today. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say thank you to our sponsor for this episode of the show, Susan from Our Town America. You know the drill. Susan's going to help you find new customers who have just moved into your area from other areas. Not people who move from house to house, but people who have moved into your neighborhood and they're completely new. She's going to help you send them something to get them to come into your restaurant, try you out for the first time because they don't really know where to go. And then she's also going to help you follow up with them to make sure everything was okay and get them to come back a second time so they become your customers and they're new. And it's zip code exclusive, kind of like our package. So she's going to help you zip code for zip code. It's not super expensive. It's all for about a dollar per new customer. So if you would pay a dollar per new customer, and you want new people who are moving into your area because a lot of people move, contact Susan. Her information is on our website, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash our town, or you can email email me and I'll connect you, or you can email her direct, susan at ourtown.net. And also, if you need some help with your marketing, we do that too. We do that with our mastermind group. Uh, The new mastermind group is a website where you can go find all of our previous webinars. Now, we do a lot of webinars. We probably do one or two a month about what's happening in the marketing world. And they're not available for replay. So you can join them live for free or all of them are archived in our Mastermind Group website. Uh, You can find all of our previous Mastermind webinars there, all of our tutorials, all of our expert interviews, everything that we do to help you grow your business, we have archived inside of the Mastermind website. 
it's super cheap too. It's like 50 bucks. So for 50 bucks, you can grow your business, learn what's working marketing wise today, have access to our private Facebook group and email access to me to ask me your questions. And we also do two monthly calls every month. So if that sounds like you, if you're a hands-on type of operator and you're not afraid to spend $50 a month on your business, then check out our mastermind group because it's probably for you. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind, or you can email me direct, uh, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com and tell me a little bit about yourself and your business because we do have an application process for the mastermind group. It isn't for everybody. All right, let's get into today's episode. I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's going to be a good episode. It's a little bit longer than we usually do, but there's a ton of jam-packed information about what you should be doing marketing your local business. So let's get into it right now. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm excited for my guest today. It's a little bit of a different episode, not necessarily a pizzeria owner, but someone who owns a local business. We're going to talk marketing. They have a really unique business that they're doing, and he does a great job on social. So we're going to get into that. I have Babir, co-founder of Fave Trip. We're going to talk a lot about marketing, how he's built his businesses, what he's doing, and how you can copy what he's doing in your local business. So Babir, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you're doing so they can get an idea of uh, what you're up to. So uh, I co-founded the brand Fave Trip. It's a locally owned convenience stores and gas stations up in the Midwest. Uh, I went from cashier to manager, then becoming a owner or shareholder, and then eventually working my way of uh, getting into marketing and things like that. So it's been a... Uh, Fun, fun journey from one department to another type of deal. But uh, gas stations, kind of similar to pizza places, they have their own similar challenges to say when it comes to local marketing. So we've been learning and following podcasts like yours to kind of see what we could do to keep up with the industry. And how many locations are you up to? Uh, we own six locations total. Uh, Four are leased out. Two, I operate personally myself, and I overlook all their marketing efforts and things like that. So you do the marketing for all of them? Yeah, I actually do it for four of them. Two, okay. they're, they're not under the Fave Trip uh, brand, so I, I don't do their marketing got on it. purpose. Yeah. And let me ask you a question. So when you got started in this, so you're in the Midwest, right? Yeah, Kansas City, Missouri, Independence, Missouri. So Kansas, the gas... So gas, you're you're kind of like a gas station slash, is it like a is it a convenience store or is it more of you know taking taking take and go foods drive through? No, like, is it? we're mostly convenience stores. Our operation, like the size of our stores, are very small. Uh, we, in the future, we might look into restaurants. Uh, you know, offering more offering, but uh, we're always looking for the next thing. But as of now, we're positioned just as a convenience mm-hmm. store. You're convenient down the corner store grab a meal, grab things that you need on your daily basis, and uh, yeah, we're just a convenience store and gas station. Now, when I think of marketing, I, th- I do think of local businesses like hair salons or real estate agents or uh, nail salons or supermarkets. I never really think of gas stations. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned that. Like a lot of people, like even other gas stations owners we talk to, it's like, oh, people don't go to gas stations because they want to it's almost like they have to but i kind of disagree with that because nowadays especially nowadays people have a lot of options what it why are you on top of somebody mind somebody's mind instead of the other person like suppose our gas station has a snicker bar so does 7-eleven down the street right mm-hmm. what can i do to stay on the customer's mind and 
make them make my store their first choice when they think about going out to grab something or filling up their tank and just being, you know, social with them. So we're not talking about social marketing just online. Our marketing, like, our marketing effort is almost like a talk when the customers visit us. Like, if we put a funny post or a funny video, like, we'll get into our videos that have given us a big boost. That's the talk for the week for our customers. So we have that personal connection going with them. So I think that puts us in a competitive edge when it comes to other gas stations. So you're you're talking about marketing as a more of a branding play, right? Like you're you're out there on top of mind rather than just trying to sell them something every time. Yeah, we absolutely don't sell anything. We might sell, you know, and this was because of the customers demanded like t-shirts and whatnot, but that's not primarily our focus. Our marketing efforts are mainly going towards brand awareness. Got it. And that's pretty smart. Like I'm thinking about my town, which I live in a small town north of Boston, and there's I think there's uh, four, three or four gas stations in my area. None of them any, do mm-hmm. any marketing. But mm-hmm. if there was a one, if one of them did do some kind of marketing and you know showed me a little bit of of their personality or something, I probably would go to them more because to me it's just right now it's just solely based on price. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so somebody's five cents cheaper or a penny cheaper. People say, yeah, I'm not going to go here. I'm just going to go there. We get a lot of feedback from our customers that they literally. They're close to four other stations, and they pass by them before they come to our store because they want to get that conversation. And we, as employees and, and owners, everybody really enjoys when somebody comes in and says, hey, I saw that post, or oh, this was happening as an update, or behind the scenes, that was pretty funny. Maybe you guys should do this and that, and we always take their feedback. But we, we feel really proud and happy when somebody says that they leave three or four stations just to come to our store. So it's more than just price. They're not looking at price. They're looking for that personal connection. That's awesome. Now, how did you did you start with just one? Yeah, I, I we started with one location, which we were. I was working in the beginning, then became a shareholder. Now I'm a majority shareholder, but it wasn't a uh, fave trip back then. Fave trip uh, came into play later on when I observed the industry. Like my background is kind of computer networking from New York. I would never think in a million years that I would be in the convenience store gas station business. <laughs> but, that, but, you know, life has its turns. And when I was in New York, the IT world kind of felt like a dead end. So I had family members that were here in the Midwest, and they come here, visit us, look at what we got going on. And I came and I fell in love with Kansas City. I was like, this is cool. It's peaceful. It's not as chaotic and busy all the time like New York. And then eventually we started off with one store that we leased, and now we own six of them. But yeah, we got to start somewhere. And the branding stuff came to us like, I would say, eight or nine years ago. I've been in the business for 14 years and just kind of observing the ins and outs. Usually when you think of a gas station, they either branded Conoco, Shell, BP. They have these contracts in place for these guys. And they don't do much marketing for these guys. They kind of see, hey, we'll slap our name on it. Everybody knows the Shell. People will just come. Right. You know, they say build it and they'll just come. It's not true anymore. Uh, just because you're a shell of BP and expect people are going to come, it doesn't work that way. So we decided to kind of go our own route, build our own brand, and, and and connect with people. Like, we have our gas stations are kind of different locations. Like, Leavenworth, Kansas, the customers are very different. The messaging is a little different than people that would be in independence. So you got to talk to them on a local level. So Shell is going to talk to people like they do nationwide. They're not going to have that personal 
touch with the locals. You know, a five, ten mile radius is a whole different demographics. Right. And if you have a store within these, you know, distances, you got to find ways through marketing to do your own thing. So we decided to go our own route. And I'm glad we did because we have the freedom to kind of take our brand however we feel like taking it now. And it's almost the similar, like if you relate that to the restaurant space where if you choose a franchise, you know, like one of those big dominoes or pizza, if you're going to open a franchise versus an independent location. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, a franchise, if it has some good marketing going on, it's good for you. But at the same time, something like a subway PR crisis could happen. And it could absolutely, even like Papa John's recently, that could bring down your, you know, so you're at the mercy of those big brands who you're franchising with, right? Same thing with for pizza. Like I said, uh, Papa John's when the Super Bowl, I'm sure you're aware of the, the controversy. Yeah. Whether uh, we agree with it or not, or whether the store owners agree with it or not. Uh, the same thing when BP had that spill. A lot of people don't realize BP could care less if you don't visit that local store, but it is going to hurt the bottom line of that locally owned gas station, right? So people are holding torches, and we're not going to this BP. You're not hurting nobody other than that operator individually. Right, which has nothing to do with the spill. No, nothing. They have no saying in how they drill or what they do, right? So same thing with Papa John's, whether a franchisee cares for somebody kneeling or not kneeling, it really doesn't reflect the opinion of the local operators, right? But it did affect their business for sure. Yeah, and I don't know if people take that into consideration because it doesn't happen as frequently as you think, but you do have to take that into consideration. Like, what what does happen if you do own a franchise and the owner or the founder of that franchise says something controversial and then every store underneath him gets affected by that, just one statement? Absolutely, yeah. And and I've seen franchise contracts, and from what I could tell, there's not much an operator could do than just say, okay, continue on with it. Yeah. So you've been in this for a long time. So now you do heavy social. Like when did you, what were you, what were you doing for marketing when you first started? Is marketing always been something that you've been heavy into? Yeah, I I like, I enjoy marketing. I actually graduated from UMKC in May as well. Uh, I always have been passionate about marketing, but I'm more passionate in the process of what kind of works and doesn't work. So originally when we started about talking about marketing, we would think about direct mail newspaper which could be very expensive and and i'm guilty for trying all of those and they didn't really work out well and they're very expensive but then when the social media platform started opening up that's been a great uh a trial and error type of thing uh where we made mistakes we learned from them but we have a good following now same thing with the text club i used to have a mobile app that i was promoting so just taking the feedback from that the I'll say the, the the field has changed quite a bit, you know, as we go along uh, staying up to date with things. Like right now, we don't have a big presence on YouTube, but we have on Facebook. So we're trying to diversify our followers. So our next push is trying to build that YouTube following now. So it, it, with Facebook, we think we've done almost anything we can to have a huge following. But what happens if Facebook decides to, and I think your show sometimes touches up on these things too, what happens if Facebook starts saying, yeah, we're going to get rid of pages. And at one point, there was a fear that they're just going to be consumer and no pages anymore. What happens to all the money we invested into things like Facebook? So it's good to diversify and be up for more challenges. So I find great joy in taking on a challenge and starting with 10 followers and then hitting 10,000 in month five and six or so. Yeah. How, what, so you've been on Facebook for how long? 
I think we've been on Facebook. I would say uh, five years or so. And have you what what's changed for you over the course of that five years, like in the last year or so? I, I think uh, well, it doesn't help when the algorithm <laughs> and stuff changes up, which doesn't become user friendly. But as long as uh, I mean, we stay up. It, it, it becomes more challenging. Before originally, like we would just post on a Friday our Friday specials. And that was one post a, a, a week. If we still had that mentality, good luck anybody seeing that. <laughs> right. It's a play right right now. So we we is uh, the the thinking process has changed. That like you really got to take this seriously if you're gonna do it seriously. Uh, we have a lot of people that try to copy us, which is fine. Uh, like they'll put similar posts that we do, put up theory videos like we do, but they're not consistent or they don't they don't keep up or they're maybe once a month post and where we literally are posting two times a day five days a week and at least one video if not at least one live video a week a lot of these guys they don't they might be operating the cashier register and doing the video too so they got us a lot of them are still thinking as clerk and even some of them are in, stuck in the manager thought process and not pretty much like right now uh when i uh, talked to you in the beginning we're thinking about having like a department that handles the social media and we could look at what's the next big thing for us as well. Yeah. So it's I, almost like you you got to designate these things. Yeah. Sure. And, I, and I think you could, you touched on something there that I'm a big fan of is consistency, right? Consistency is very much underrated, you know, just because you do have a budget for marketing. Uh, if, if you just build up that consistency over time, that budget yeah. will be less than it would need to be if you aren't consistent and you do post once a month or once every two weeks or at random times right and then you got to spend money on that if you're consistent with it you can just push your message in front of people with a little less money than you do if you're not consistent yeah and and a lot of the people that i talk to or even gas student owners like they want to put a first post and think they're going to get five thousand views or they'll pay a designer or design something to sell for the whole week for one post it doesn't work that way you got to be fast-paced post as you can not be too picky and just and and i think you uh, on one of your podcasts you touched on there's no perfect platform right you got to test out a platform give it a few months or a quarter of the year see if you're gaining momentum doing everything you're right maybe pinterest is not good for you maybe it is right right i've some youtube channels and they're like crazy uh ridiculous subscriber which i think is great and they're like uh, we'll give it a like we just started now we're going to give it a fair shot for six months or so, if we see at least like 10,000 subscribers, great. If not, maybe we just stick to Facebook or look for the next thing, maybe Snapchat. So you got a lot of people get, get disencouraged or they're very, very ambitious about, I, I need to get uh, 10,000, 5,000 followers within a month without spending a dime. Some of them will spend money and still not gain momentum if they don't follow the rules like posting and being consistent. If somebody made a comment or left you a nasty review positive you're going to reply to them uh, six months later it's not effective right it's you know what it's just about uh it's not going to happen overnight yeah i get a lot of emails and questions like hey i tried facebook or uh i was trying to i'm trying to use instagram and it's my instagram channel is not growing and then you dig a little deeper and you're like realize that they've only been doing instagram for a month and you're like you know what it's going to take some time you know you have a few hundred followers on there Make sure that you're communicating with those 100 or 200 or however many followers you have on there now and give it time. Like, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. As long as you have engaged followers that 
could potentially be your customer, that's all that really matters. It could be two or it could be a hundred. It doesn't have to be twenty thousand. Yeah, and, and I go. Uh, I'm a big follower on Seth Rogen as well. Some of the things uh, he also mentions is that uh, uh, you know uh, tribe. He talks a lot about tribe. So if I'm a pizza shop down the corner, what what do I care about? You know. 10 million followers of Logan Paul or somebody, right? It doesn't make sense to me. But if I'm in a town, for example, Sedalia, Missouri, of 2,000 people, but I have 500 followers, that's something for me, right? Right. So a lot of the time, these guys think they look at bigger channels and they look like, oh my God, he has so many followers, or PepsiCo, somebody has so many followers, but that's not your tribe. Your tribe is local. Unless somebody's going to order pizza from Missouri to New York, I really don't care if people follow me in New York. I'm care. I care. I'd rather have one person follow me here locally in Independence, Missouri, than ten thousand following me in New York because they're not never going to convert or never visit my shop. Right. So it's they're just it's just a vanity metric at that point. Exactly. So it, it goes back to like, you know, uh, who what tribe am I wanting to please? Am I tribe? My my tribe is here local and it's 200 people, and I need to get 50 of them, it will be great. Or is my tribe 10,000, I need to get such and such. Well, people get bogged down, and in, in whether it's a pizza shop or a gas station, where if they only have 1,000 followers, and they're like, oh, but when we were growing, we went through that whole process as well. But once we realized when we were in Sedalia, Missouri, and the town has 2,000 people, but we had like 1,000-plus followers, I was like, this is great. I mean... Yeah. This is not bad. This is this is good marketing right here, and we could use this to our advantage, and we did. Yeah, don't get. I, I think people get just too obsessed with how many people follow them rather than how their engagement is. You know, you see some pages, especially on Instagram nowadays. Instagram seems to be um, a very hot platform for people to use, and people are really noticing because Instagram keeps doing all of these new things. So people yeah. notice how many followers you have on there, and you see some pages that have you know. Uh, four, five, six thousand followers, or ten or fifteen thousand followers, and they get thirty likes in a post. Yeah, and yeah, it makes you scratch your head a little bit. Like, okay, great, they have a lot of followers, but are those followers worth anything if they're not actually engaging or care about what you post? Exactly. Yeah. What's the point of posting it? And if they're really not your market, like we were following some local people in our thing, and we're looking at their posts, and people from India or some other place are liking their salon. Even it goes to salons too, right? Any local business. Yeah. So if salon is liking me uh, sitting in India, what do I care <laughs> <What> <laughs> for that, right? He's not going to come or she's not going to come visit our store and say, hey, uh, I saw your post. I looked at that deal. Pretty awesome. Maybe we should, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to buy something from you. It doesn't make sense. So. Yes, I agree. Just be aware of what you're doing and, you know, focus on creating really engaging content. And then when the people who live in your area do engage, engage back. Engage back right away. Like, don't be, oh, screw it. I'm not going to respond to this nasty. Even if you respond and that's the end of it, the future customers that see the reviews and say, at least he replied to it. This was his reasoning because there's always two sides to a story. Not to say the gas station or the uh, pizza shop owner is always right, but there's always two sides to it. So it's, it's best you kind of express your side of the story too, because if you don't, people are just going to believe whatever they're just hearing off of there. Right. So you're not really protecting your brand in that sense. Now, what about employees? Do you have 
uh, how many employees are on a are on a regular shift, or how many employees do you have oh, at this like, point? Like uh, at one location, we have like twelve employees. So overall, we have about the ones that I kind of overlook most of the time is almost like twenty five. Yep. But uh, I kind of go through the hiring process, uh, like uh, their interview process. But as far as like training them and this and that, we have system and process in place where somebody else kind of takes over that. And I went through that whole mindset of a. If I don't train them, they're not going to get trained right. I think if you train one person right to do what you do, they'll be in good hands. You might have to go through a few people before you find that perfect person, but there's only so much as a business owner you could do, right? Yeah. You, you, can, you have to do HR, marketing, you know, keeping up with the operations. You really got to decide how much you want to designate. And I think a lot, a lot of the time for the local operators, they're like, uh, I, I, I'm just going to do everything myself and not allow anybody. That, I think that was a, my biggest, personally, my biggest struggle is handing over the keys to somebody else and saying, okay, from now on, you do the hiring process or you do the training process. And as I go along, and you could tell right now, like, I'd rather do all the marketing myself, but if I keep doing that, I'm not going to grow into anything else then. <laughs> so, Especially the more locations you have, the more, the more pages you have to manage and the more profiles yeah. you have to look after. So it can get a little overwhelming before you know it five hours goes by yeah and 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 then yeah and, and as you do it more and if you're not finding new challenges you're doing an everyday process get somebody that's new more energized than you if you start losing momentum let somebody else step in before that happens so eventually some some people do it for so long they're like yeah i've been doing this facebook thing quite a bit i think we have our customers that i'm going to probably stop doing it that's when you kind of kiss everything else goodbye and you kind of lost in that sense then. Yeah. How long How long did it take you before you were comfortable letting somebody else take over the hiring or the training? I mean, originally, when from the as I went along, uh, the time has declined handing over the keys for any position. But when I started from the cashier side, I think was the most difficult one because we like my thinking was, oh, nobody's going to treat the customers the way I do. They're not going to greet them by their name. They're not going to do this and that. 5,000 things will come. And and there's been people that you hire, and if they weren't trained on onboarding was bro- broken, it, it is that case. But that one was the most difficult one. I think it took me at least over two months to kind of get over that. Like, I, I, we, we, as owners, we open the shop. We sometimes close the shop. We get used to the day-to-day. It's, it's hard to let go of the baby, especially the first store. When As you grow, you become more lenient and le- easy to let go. But the first time when I had to let go, I felt depressed when I wasn't going to the store. I wasn't doing the cashier things. I wasn't taking the customers. So I literally would wake up and say, okay, what are we doing today? There's nothing for me to do. I feel so depressed. <laughs> did, you feel like, did you feel like you had, like you, you were lost a little bit, like you had nothing to do? Oh, oh, for, for the longest, I felt lost, especially, like I said, the cashier side of things where was, I was like, there's nothing for me to do today. What am I going to do? Eventually, you figure out things. And and one of my mentors, he told me, like, you don't work in the store. You work on the store. So I started looking at things from the outside and working to improve the stores. And there's so many things in front of my face as a cashier. You will never see it because you're ringing up people. You're preparing their pizza. You're doing this and that. Something as small as, hey, why is that wall empty? Maybe having a nice, a nice uh, picture or something. Or the parking lot looks like crap, but I never paid attention to it. Maybe having somebody fixed is like small little detail you would never know if you're going by your day to day so once we took a step back and the customers noticed too there's a lot of improvements going on and over the long run 
is beneficial as well. Right. And you know what? You, I think that you're the owner, right? And no one's going to ever care about your business as much as you do as the owner. But I yeah. think a lot of us as owners have that mentality. And they, they say to themselves, well, I want my employees to care about my business as much as I do. And that and, and that's like, it's not going to happen. It's never going to yeah. happen, you know, because yeah, you own it. You get all the money if it's really successful, and they're just an hourly employee. Maybe they have a, a percentage if they're a manager or a general manager or something like that. But in the end, they're never going to care about your business as much as you do. So you should never expect them to. Absolutely, yeah. That, that, that's a great point. Like, you, you people get bogged down about, oh, they're not going to take care of the way I do. The sooner you know they come to that, what you said, realization that they won't, the better it is. It goes back to maybe if you feel that way, just be picky of who you hire. Are they passionate about being serviced? Like when we hire people, we tell them, if you're not passionate about service, uh, this is not a place for you. Don't waste your time. Don't waste our time. We will fire you immediately. Uh, there are people that are like, you'll find people, you could tell if they're doing it for the paycheck or if they're doing because they either need a job, but also they could deal with people. So you really got to look at, uh, and and, and it's, it takes time. Like a lot of people that I talk to, they want their first hire to be just like them. Right. It doesn't work that way. It takes time. We learn so much from hiring different people. Like we almost have it down to some of the characteristics of our successful employees and do exit interviews of what we did wrong. Sometimes it's not the cashier. It's, it's our process is broken. Like the onboarding process, somebody didn't mention something, and when it became so bad, and then it came to the owner's attention, and it's like it's too far out. But the owner's not willing to accept responsibility. Sometimes, oh no, our process is great. Right. You know, so you got to really get to the point where you feel comfortable about you know eventually hiring people. Even when you bring somebody, like I told you from the cashier point of view, it took me two months. And then when I went to managerial side of things, then it took me maybe a month to get over it. And then other things like completely off from a store, maybe three weeks or two. So it became less and less. I realized like <laughs> give people a try. They work out great. Take as much notes you can. Okay, this was a great employee. What do we do with him differently than we did with this one? Sometimes if the new hire you had, if the onboarding or anything was broken, things weren't cleared to them. And even during the interview, there's so many hints that you could tell if somebody says, hey, I'm just doing it for the job. Uh, I really need a job. That's the only reason. Or my previous job was da-da-da-da. They expect the bathroom to be uh, clean. I'd rather have it closed and nobody else come, for example, right? Right. Some of these comments should be hints to you. And there's always, like, ways that you could structure your interviews, too. And we have it now. We don't think it's perfect. There's always room for improvement. The time you think your interview and everything is perfect, that's when you lost. Yeah, and it's. I think you said something in there too, like setting up expectations, right? If you, uh, it's like when my, when we go to when you go to a movie. If it's if it's yeah. a really big movie, your expectations are to, for it to be fantastic, and you walk out and you're like, yeah, that wasn't that great. And then yeah. and then my wife asked me to go to a movie, and I'm like, I don't want to go see this movie, and I end up leaving. I'm like, that was pretty good. Because yeah, not bad. Yeah. It, it, my expectations were so low, it couldn't be any worse. Yeah, and, and a lot of the time we ask people, like, what do you expect from us? And what what is kind of what we expect from you, too? So a lot of the time as owners, we expect you to be clean. We expect you to clean this, then that. It's always good to clear out what do you expect from us as a as much as an interview for the employees. It's an interview for the company as well. To see, oh, what is your... Because we literally get people that want to work for us because they love our marketing, too. 
they say, oh, you look like a fun company. You guys do a lot of behind the scenes. People are happy. Uh, I work for you. That's great, and and we we're glad they do that. But once you start working, and you know we're very serious about customer service, we don't want you as a cashier being on the phone when you're taking customers. You know, I've been to pizza places somewhere where somebody has a Bluetooth on. I don't want to go there again. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you want to be yeah, because it, it's an experience, right? It, it, people coming into your business, it's it's not just the product that they're buying; it's the experience that they're having while they're buying that product. Exactly, and and they have so many options. Why they're going to choose you over somebody else? You got to give them every reason to continue shopping here. And how do you enforce that? You got to make sure. Like I literally hired some millennials that could not get off their phone, and and some of the people while they're doing interview, their phone would ding and start looking at it. I would end the interview right there. Before originally we did, it was like, oh, it's okay. Go ahead. You need to answer that. And when we hired that people, that was there was conflict then. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> that's funny. A lot of things you can look out for as a business owner. There's a lot of moving parts uh, for a pizzeria or a franchisee. You got to decide what are some of the moving parts that you could delegate and kind of refine the process as an owner. So if you continue to think like a cashier, you're always going to be a cashier. And move. Let me ask you a question. What's the market like for employees in your area? Is it a competitive market? I would say so, yeah. Uh, it goes back to like Amazon fulfillment center has come into our area, and a lot of people are getting you know fifteen, whatever dollars an hour with benefits. As a small operator, we can't offer healthcare and dental and all that, so it, it does become competitive. But it goes back to what I told you earlier: understanding who you had good success with and what kind of customers you are. You know, I think when you create a profile of the kind of people that you want that fits you best. Uh, it, it used to be a challenge for us, but now we almost know, understand who we're kind of looking for to work for us right now. And was it that is, just a process of you going through the through it? And you, you did you take notes, or did you just remember, or how did you? As as much notes we can, yeah. yeah. Like it could be the age of the person, the income that they previously had, how many jobs they held down, things like that. That they can, but always really. Uh, respecting your employees, being one-on-one with them. It's always not like, uh, originally it's like, it's all about the company. The company has to be performing for you to keep your job, this and that. I think the turnover of us hiring people, training somebody is such a pain in the ass that if we could just maintain the people and really be appreciative to the existing employees, they are our biggest brand awareness type of uh, horn that they'll go out and say, hey, they treat us well. And when they tell somebody else that maybe I should work for them too. Yeah. So when you think marketing uh, as a small business owner, I, I would suggest people not just think, hey, let's get some Instagram followers. Let's get this and that. Be really involved with your community. Follow their local groups of, you know, local like independence group and things like that that are in your community. Be aware of what's going down. Like somebody can't pay their electrical bill this month step in and help out people appreciate that and you look out for them help out your employees too like there are when i say don't do just marketing online do offline as well where you're treating your employees right and that's part of your marketing as well and it keeps your you know turnover quite low and we we have gone from high to pretty low right now that's great because right now i know i especially in the last i'd say year uh it's been a lot of conversation on my end, at least for people who listen to the show or clients that we have that, you know, employees is just a hard thing to do. It's hard to compete. Like you said, with those bigger companies, like if, 
if you're paying, you know, if minimum wage, so where I am, I'm in the I'm in Massachusetts. Minimum wage here is eleven dollars an hour. So if you're a cook and you're skilled, you want fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour. Now, if all else is equal, why would you work in a hot kitchen for fourteen dollars an hour if you can go work at Amazon fulfillment center for fourteen dollars an hour? Like you gotta you gotta figure out a way to keep it competitive for yourself and to keep those employees coming back. Exactly. And I think for a business owner that has been through the process, who has uh, cooked pizza or done all these things, he or she of all the people should know how an employee will feel if they're pulling a nine-hour, ten-hour shift, right? Yeah. Like, what are things that you could set in place for them that will make them feel? Like, we tell our guys, whether you leave or stay, great. Take a good experience, apply in your life. But while you're here, make sure you're having a good time. Make sure you're happy. For any moment you feel that you're not happy, that's the moment you should decide not to work for us. You got to be happy and really be open to, like, I know I worked for people. I was scared to bring up any problem. Like, I worked at Dunkin' Donuts, and God forbid if I told the owner if we could do this or make any improvements, he'll feel insulted, right? Right. So you got to be open to criticism but the only way the employee is going to open up to you if you're not so uptight or you're not so you know you you got to have there's certain things that you can't you know uh you have to hold down accountable every employees but at the same time you have to make them feel involved why should they stay with you know what, what's stopping them from going to the amazon fulfillment center you know why do they choose you over you so it takes a lot to look into your company internally and see what your weak parts are and good because as business owners, we get lost. Like, yeah, everything is perfect. There's nothing wrong with us. There's always some room for improvement. Always. Or we think we've, goes, or we think we've seen everything. And every time, you know, an employee comes up to us with a suggestion or something, we're like, "Yeah, we tried that. It didn't work." You're like, be a little bit receptive. Yeah, be open to their idea. Welcome your idea, even if you don't take in their idea and share with them what you tried in the past. And we have so much luck with somebody telling us, "Hey, why don't you try this in the drive-through?" People have. And I would never know this. Uh, like people bring in a lot of dogs. How about we have dog trees through the drive-through? Next thing you know, the dogs uh, when they pull up, they're wiggling their tail because they expect that a biscuit. And I, some of the feedback we got from people is when they're passing by a store, the dog is barking and <laughs> make a turn. So that dog is our brand awareness. That's awesome. Right? So like, I let's, would never know that. let's get into some because uh, I know we've been talking for a little bit now. Let's just get back into the marketing part because I know you you sorry you do you're working on some video. Is there anything in particular that you're doing for video? Yeah, like uh, you, <laughs> uh, we found accidental kind of thing was I know a lot of gas stations they have a lot of thievery and the inventory issues when so and I went to a few stations they will put up a wall a hall of shame they usually call it and put up a picture of somebody that either wrote them a bad check or. They just uh, stole some product. And with today's day and age, I, I thought that would be a perfect spot for social media. So we started off by just putting uh, one picture of somebody. Hey, this person didn't pay for that. Da, da, da. If you know him, tag him. That, that instantly got us a lot of uh, traction on Facebook. And then eventually, like when I was in New York, and a lot, a lot of the times if you're from New York or L.A., and and in your 18s or 20s, you get exposed to sh making short films. A lot of everybody's trying to break into the business. So even though I was working at the airport as a network admin, some of my fellows' friends were doing uh, short films. So I, I got involved with that. And 
always it's always been my passion when I came here. So I kind of lost that when I got well, lost the time to do it when I got into the gas station business. Is you know I can't do movies anymore. I need to focus on my business. But once this uh, we started putting videos of people that stole and doing funny commentary, and it's like that passion was re-energized, uh, lit up again where. I could do editing and post pictures. And in return, what it did for us is our, some of our videos are hitting 3 million views, 2 million views. We would never expect that at all. Wow. Now, are you getting any, are you getting any backlash from that? Backlash from the thieves. <laughs> but for the, for the customers, it's like, hey, we appreciate you doing this because such and such, I lost this from my house and I know this person in my neighborhood. Or... We get we got calls from people like Seven Eleven that are down the street from us, and and since these are neighborhood stores, they were like, I appreciate you putting up that video because that same customer, after you banned them from your store, came to my store and did the exact same thing. Uh-huh. Like he still he put a snicker bar in his sleeves or a Slim Jim, and they got kicked out, and we wouldn't know. So we get people that's been coming in our store for maybe a year, and and we notice like I'll give you an example. One guy in a week at least after watching the cameras he would visit our store almost two times a day he would buy one drink but always steal two candy bars or uh, uh, a slim jim or any snack related stuff so we're making 30 cents from him but he's damaging us two dollars three dollars in return every time so once we put his uh, his video up that kind of stopped right that's one bleeding that's not anybody else that kind of knew and saw that they stopped seeing, like, every day we used to get at least three or four shoplifters. Once a week now, if we struggle to find any video. But when we do... <laughs> it's funny to hear you say, do, like, we struggle to find video of people stealing yeah, and which is good for us. That's what our attention was. But in return, it looks like it put us quite a bit on the map. We're like, we've been on Fox 4, uh, all the local channels, and people from Virginia, Detroit, they follow us. And it goes back to, we just really care about a tribe here, but we get comments, hey, hi from Virginia. I love your videos. Keep them coming. I wish everybody did it. And what about, and, like, what about what are you going to do, like, if that, like, now that you've kind of deterred people from stealing from you, what are you thinking about doing for videos after that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, luckily, like I said, I had that a little bit of background uh, that I enjoyed doing short films. So our next thing is, like, uh, it goes back to content, right? Originally, our biggest thing was... Uh, you know, a gas station, what kind of content we're going to put? There's no content. So anything like gas station related, like, for example, if Snicker comes out with a uh, commercial, we're thinking about doing commentary on that. And you get people like, I forgot the guys, uh, there's two guys that have a show. They eat the hottest chips that they could find in a convenience store. I look to ourselves like, why can't we do that? Right. So it's not necessarily like we don't want to limit ourselves because everything has a life's time like people eventually get bored of oh seeing enough commentary funny like when we did the theory videos our very i was very hesitant or to do any kind of voiceover we would just do a background music video to quickly post it and that'll be the end of it a minute short video and then now as i did more and more voiceovers and i don't think i have the morgan freeman voice and we do get some guest actors to come in <laughs> but that was our that was our next step like doing the voiceovers and people really enjoyed it and then later on we tried to do a little a b testing so we put up another video without the voiceover all the comments were bring back the voiceover and what is the voiceover just like you talking about the thievery yeah so we make fun of uh, here somebody coming in and he's stealing a sugar he's called sugar daddy and you know just <laughs> just funny commentary colorful commentary and 
yeah, we I, I, I like how you think as well is that in the future, what's next? So we always are kind of thinking now, what's next? Like we don't, like I mentioned earlier, when you settle down for one thing, like, oh, the videos are it, and people eventually get bored. The world is moving way fast yeah. past us. And another thing I started doing was, you know, uh, I want to be a uh, responsible driver, so I got this, uh, uh, not necessarily like a tripod, but it kind of sits on the dashboard of the car that I don't have to pay attention to, but I kind of have it facing towards the road, and I don't look at it once I go live. So as I'm riding, instead of playing music, I sometimes just start talking to the customers, and I'll do my part of talking, and once I'm parked somewhere, I'll respond to all their comments. Huh. You know, th- they enjoy that. Like, uh, I'll just update them. Hey, Friday, we're going to have 10 cents off discount. Uh, this is going down. We're going to have this event happening. Uh, the monster energy drinks are two for three fifty Now, like anything, just start a conversation. I think the busy, the biggest thing, like, uh, for me originally was I'm very shy. I can't do it. I need to hire somebody thinking through that i probably wasted two months just thinking about it or a month and a half and and then eventually the idea died down never did it so i really had to put myself together and i said let me just try it yeah there's so much content that you can create i think the problem is like you said most of us think of the content that we need to create is from our own business but no not necessarily like uh, when i look at gas stations it's like anything related to cars is our business anything related to somebody running out of gas or uh, somebody pulls up in our gas station, has a fancy car. I'll tell all my employees, make sure you take a nice picture and get their permission. Can we post that? They right. love that. Right. And you post that, and the same person whose car it is, he has 30 family members that look at it, and they love it. And they comment. If they didn't like the page, now they like it. Right. Now you got more followers. So there's always content, whether, you know, and, and, and we, the only time we post any promotional stuff is on Fridays when we do our, you know, Friday one gas gas winner giveaway and 10 we we have a text club that we do 10 cents off a gallon that's the only time we do a push like sometimes i see places that all they're doing is talking about their lunch what they're going to have special today that really doesn't you know resonate with a lot of people it's like you're always pushing a product was what else is fun funny there have a picture of your employee yeah. doing something funny, uh, you know, or be don't be so uptight and always selling. I, I unfollow any brand myself, and I know my customer would not want to follow us. I put myself in the customer's shoes. What would resonate with them? What would be funny? What would be cool for them to follow? So uh, throughout the week, we don't post anything that's sales-related, only on Friday. And you would think with so many followers, we should just push, push, push sales, push buy our shirt buy this we have this pizza special at 2 30 you know things like that uh i think that's where a lot of people get lost like if i'm going to do this i need to be selling right you, you don't have to do that all the time let me ask you a question what do you use for the voiceover how do you do that i i use final cut pro on my mac pretty much on my laptop and that's another thing right <laughs> i think with anything whether you're making a short film or editing or doing even social media a lot of the times like when I just start talking to people that I need this software that costs $500, I need to get this speaker that is so good where I'm going to start my podcast. And I was like, just start. Yeah. Start somewhere. Like when I started doing the editing, I was talking to a lot of local directors and, and people like that. They're like, oh, we'll th- charge you $1,000 per video. Or if you could do it on your own, you need to spend 6000 I just bought the Final Cut software. I think it was like 200 and just started importing the videos off the security camera and just putting them out. 
You could literally probably do it on your iPhone, right? If you really had to, you could use yeah, iMovie. Yeah, like, uh, uh, you could use iMovies. There's a other app that just came out, and it'll be great for your listeners as well. Uh, GoPro just made a cool app called Quick, Q-U-I-K, without the C. And it literally, if you have different pictures and you let it select it or you tell it which one to select, it makes this cool, well-edited video for you. And it looks so professional. And it's great for Instagram stories or even Snapchat stories. Oh, that's awesome. Well. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. So uh, there's no excuse for anybody not to be putting out content. Like, and, 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 and like I said, uh, I'll, I'll love to save a lot of business owners time by telling them, don't get bogged down into like details. Like some of them will buy this tripod that will they, they they have to get before they go live, and hold it while they're doing a live show, and have a speaker on their neck and spend another you know five hundred, two hundred dollars, whatever, hundred dollars. And even with the live stuff, like I was talking to people, and they're like, "Oh, you need a, somebody that sits live and is holding the camera and has a, is a professional sound." technician i think and i was like why <laughs> no you don't this is so much work dude yeah. it was like it was just a show and and when you do so much of that it almost becomes like your news channel you're not really connecting with people like that walking talking show me the behind the scenes stuff they don't want to see the whole suit and boot and you're coming all professional at us Ooh, yeah it's gonna me. look more like advertising which is what you don't want to yeah like. it's so scripted and you know wear your regular clothes that you wear every day be yourself is mainly just be yourself and save yourself time. Just just go ahead and uh, shoot a video. Let it be bad. Like originally, when I when I started posting the videos and doing my voiceover, I got a lot of comments. Oh man, this is the most boring voice ever. This and that. And I was very discouraged. But I had people that surround me that kept saying, "Oh no, keep at it, keep at." It. Now when I told when we do that A/B testing, I was like, "Let me let us put up a video without the voice." And there was like 80 comments that said, bring back the voiceover. Yeah, because you, you get better at it as you go. Yeah. You get better at anything and, as you go. Like even like, yeah. I always tell people when they find the podcast, don't go back and listen to the first 10. Yeah. Because we sucked at it. Yeah, like never, never hold yourself like, oh, I got to make this professional and no. right. It's great. Just do it. The yeah. main thing is doing it. I think a lot of us is the main thing is taking the first 10 steps and after that we just start running but the hardest part is if you never took those first steps 10 steps or two steps even if you're lucky like if you took those two you're good to go if you never took them and just say yeah it wasn't for me i never tried it like we're big on trial and error we tell our employees try this it works it doesn't great you know what uh we'll try something else it's okay leave that room for error a lot of people oh I don't want to say Happy Father's Day because it has nothing to do with our brand. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. You just gotta you gotta try. You just do it, and if you do it consistently, you're going to get better at it. Whatever you do, um, but you have to start because thinking, yeah, thinking about creating somewhere. a video or thinking about posting to Instagram is not going to actually post to Instagram. No, be. I think the main takeaways, some of the takeaways, are like be patient, be consistent, and don't be shy tr- to try out things. And you don't have to have the right equipment for starters. Like eventually, yeah, if you get a big following, it makes sense for you. Go ahead and do that. Like, like I get, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, oh, I'm trying to do a gaming channel, but at first I need to spend a thousand dollars on some equipment. I was like, do you have your phone? Is like, yeah. So you could start there. Yeah, that's all you need to start <laughs> with. Totally. Yeah, you got a phone. It's a decent phone. It doesn't have to even be an iPhone. Just uh, use an Android phone or whatever. If it's even an older model. Just go at it and test it and see how it goes before you do anything. 
Well, Pavier, I love what you're talking about. I love it. Uh, where can people go check you out online if they want to go see some funny videos of people stealing candy bars? <laughs> so on Facebook, the main page that we post on is Fave Trip Independence. So that's where we are, Independence, Missouri. So F as Frank, A as Apple, V as Victor, T as Tom, R like Robert, I as India, P as Peter, then the word Independence. Or they could just go to favetrip.com and follow the links to look at our funny videos and everything else and yeah that's where they'll find us yeah and if you go follow follow them too not only are you going to see some funny videos but maybe you'll get a little inspiration as to what you should be posting for your business that's not necessarily all about your business yeah absolutely yeah and i'm all for helping out any other local business like like i really love your podcast and we get a lot of ideas about staying up to speed with things and changes and trying out things so i want to tell you i appreciate what you're doing for local uh, businesses and, and this does doesn't apply just for pizza shops. I think it applies for any brick-and-mortar type of store that's trying to make a splash online and offline. Well, Bebear, I appreciate you joining me on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, well, that was a great episode. Thanks to Bebear for joining me on the show. If you missed anything that we talked about, anything we mentioned, links, his website, his Instagram, Facebook, we'll link all of that up for you over at smartpizzamarketing.com. So if you're working in the restaurant now or you're in the office or you're driving, or at the gym, just go to smartpizzamarketing.com, put fave trip in the search bar and it'll bring you up to this episode of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook too. We'll show you how to do all kinds of cool things over there with Facebook bots, uh, what's working advertising wise with all of our videos. We'll post them on Facebook. Our live show is also there. And follow us on Instagram at smartpizzamarketing. We'll show you some cool stuff there too. And if you need some help in your business, if you're more of if your business is growing and you don't have time to do the things that we talk about on this podcast, but you know they need to be done and you want them done by people who work with pizzerias specifically, that's us. We do that with our agency. Uh, go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip, Z-I-P, and you can see if your zip code is available. It'll ask you for some information about your business, your name, your zip code, your phone number, and someone will contact you and let you know if your zip code is available because we are exclusive. We only work with one pizzeria per zip code. Uh, and a lot of the bigger cities are filling up, so go ex get your zip code available. See if it's available. Work with us. Grow your business. Use social media to grow and find new customers. We help you do that, and we'll do it all for you. So go check that out, and thanks so much for that, by the way. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I truly appreciate your attention. You're listening to the show. Been getting a lot of emails lately and a lot of direct messages on Instagram about ideas for shows or who we should talk to and we love hearing those because that helps us understand what you want to hear so if you have a question or a comment about an episode or somebody you want to have us talk to on the show email me bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com or you can direct message me at smartpizzamarketing and we'll take all those into consideration and reach out to them see if we can get them on the show and talk about their business all right guys have a great week we'll see you next time <laughs>